Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the eSpot with Camille. I am your host, Camille Cower, and I cannot wait for you to meet my guest today. He is a Grammy award-winning producer. He has worked with everyone that you jam out to on the radio, whether it's Bruno Mars, Mariah Carey, India, oops, I was about to say India Reed, Jill Scott, because we were talking about an artist who's very similar to India Reed. You don't need to hear my voice. You need to hear his. So I'm going to bring in Mr. 6-7 Music, Mr. Tremaine Williams in the building. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I am so excited to have you. How's everything going for you? Uh, You know, quarantine fun every day. So we do. <laughs> so what has been like your daily routine now that you're stuck home every day as opposed to traveling all the time um man it it varies uh most days i wake up um when i feel like it and then i might work or i might not it it's nice yeah, yeah. yeah. who cares yeah. <laughs> it's nice to kind of have that break that you normally don't have i'm sure with your schedule Usually it's just always up and going, traveling a lot. Cause you just finished not that long ago with the Mariah Carey um, residency in Vegas. Yeah, that was, uh, as far as I know, that's the end of our residency. So um, yeah, that was, it was fun. We did a, a, another month in Vegas. Uh, we've been doing that since 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, so Vegas is, almost my second home at this point. Um, it, but it's good. Sick of Vegas or no? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like when you when you have to go grocery shopping in Vegas, that's when it gets real. That's when it's <laughs> Yeah, I've never it's not that. Vegas anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now so just for people to know your backstory, you're from Raleigh, North Carolina, so which is where I'm filming out of. How did you get your start coming from Raleigh, North Carolina, and next thing you know, working with all these wonderful artists that you've worked with? Um, I started in what, like third, third or fourth grade. Uh, my music teacher at that point was like, went to my mom and was like, there's something different about your child. <laughs> oh, wow. You might want to put him in lessons. Yeah. So uh, I went in piano lessons. Uh, only because I wanted to play the drums. So she was like, to be able to play the drums, you're going to have to take piano lessons. That's what my mom said. So ended up in piano lessons and then ended up in Raleigh Boy Choir. Um, then ended up, yeah, ended up going to Full Sail uh, down in Florida for school and uh, left Florida, came back here to Carolina for two weeks and then just shot out to L.A., and uh, worked at Hidden Beach Records. Now, how did you get that internship with Hidden Beach Records? Um, so H Hidden Beach has like this crazy intern program, uh, which is really dope. It's called The Program. And they just have interns all over the country. Um, and they're almost like a street team, but they're not. They're a bit more involved uh, than a street team. But, um, I was, I loved the music, like Jill Scott is what really grabbed me. So I looked up the label, they had a message board back then. So I was on the 
labels message board and kind of just jumped in. And um, I was like, how can I be involved? What can I do? Right. So I joined the program while I was in college and then went straight, uh, asked them if I could go to L.A. to work. And they're like, come on, we're not going to pay you, but come on. Sometimes education that you can get from an experience is better than money itself. Absolutely. You've worked with, I don't even want to jump ahead, but you ended up working with um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. How did that opportunity come about? Um, that was somebody I used to intern with. Okay. Uh, he hit me up and was like, yo, the Grammys have a summer camp called Grammy Camp. I think they need counselors. I think you'd be really dope. And so I filled out the application, became a counselor, and we took the students to um, flight time in L.A. to do a tour and to meet Jimmy and Terry. And while we were there, Jimmy and Terry were late, so they uh, I was hanging out with the studio manager, and me and her just started talking. It wasn't like I was looking for a job or trying to do anything. It was just conversation, and it just happened was <laughs> she was like we're looking she was like what do you do when you're not uh with the students and i was like i'm a producer engineer and she was like are we looking for a producer engineer i was like well here we go yeah it just naturally happened wow. so just for people that may not know because even i'm kind of learning a lot about the music business because i come from the film side what all does your job entail like what all do you do as far as a producer and um, engineer, because when that, when you first think of engineer, you're like, oh, they're the ones that make things. But a sound engineer is completely different. Yeah. Um, so on the engineering side, uh, for Jimmy and Terry, I was a recording guy. So whoever came in, I was recording vocals. Uh, if Jimmy was making a track, I was sitting there because he would jump around to a bunch of different keyboards all over the room. So I would have to record, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the further along it got, he would let me help. So I'd be programming. I'd do the drums on some songs. Um, and then as I, when I left, uh, I got more into the production. Because um, I felt like I wanted to be a producer, but I, if I'm around Jimmy and Terry, I'm not going to try to be a producer. I'm going to try to learn as much as I can. And in that role, I was an engineer. So I was like, this is what they hired me for. So I'm going to learn as much as I can from the greatest producers and then take that skill set and use it elsewhere. So when I left there, that's when I really got to be a producer and started working on other stuff um, and making music and writing songs and all that kind of good stuff. What was one of your first songs that you worked on that made you the most proud when you finally were kind of producing for yourself? Um, I did a song with this group called Kindred, the Family Soul, and it was them and Raheem Devon. And they did a song, uh, and it, it meant a lot to me, one, because like that was kind of like the first placement mm -hmm. um, on like a big project, and then Kindred used to be signed to Hidden Beach. Like, oh, wow. when I was, I, yeah, I was an intern when their music was coming out. So it was like a, a really full circle moment. Yeah. Like, this is like my first placement. And it gets to be with an artist that I, like, I know their catalog. I know them. I love their music. Right. 
and you already knew their ranges and everything and what they were what they could bring to the table so to speak as well that's amazing yeah. um, how did the opportunities come about with because every i mean mariah Carey, everybody knows from all over the globe and bruno mars as well so i have to go with the big names first but yeah, yeah. how did those opportunities come about um mariah it stemmed from working at flight time uh and one of the producers that was signed to flight time was this guy big jim and uh big jim wright and he was friends with mariah and so mariah took us uh took us on because jim she told Jim uh, she she wanted a new MD, and Jim was like, well, I got to bring my guys in. Mm -hmm. So all of us at the time, we were all working on Sunday Best with Jim. Uh, and so he was like, we were finishing up the season. He was like, y'all might have something for us. Just hang tight. Yeah. And then come to find out, he threw all of us into the Mariah gig, and we've all been there since. Like, she, she yeah. gravitated towards us. Were you starstruck the first time you met Mariah? I'm because it's Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like I don't really get starstruck. Or it's maybe like Stevie or Quincy. Mm -hmm. Like those are the ones that that'll do me in. But yeah. uh, Mariah did not because like after the first conversation with her, I realized like we have a similar sense of humor. Okay. Oh, that's. And funny. I was like, oh, we cool. Like I, yeah, this this could work. We get along. Now, have you ever got to work with any of some of the icons that you look up to or not yet? No Quincy, no Stevie. I wanted, and it's crazy because this is the Michael Jackson death anniversary, but uh, we were working on Janet's album. I didn't realize it was June 20th, yeah. Yeah, we were working on Janet's album today when Michael died. It was crazy. Um, mm. But he was like, he's almost the only Jackson I haven't worked with. Like, and he would, I know I would have been, I would have been starstruck had I met him. Well, so the, to burst your bubble, but the artist I'm interviewing tomorrow, he's worked with him. Uh, that's not fair. <laughs> and he's a drummer too. That's not fair. And he lives in Wake County, or well, Johnston County. Oh, there you go. See, uh, see yeah. North Carolina, think, like Bermuda Triangle of artists, you know, either yeah. out or you come in and you never leave. It's just, it's, yeah. it's crazy <laughs> how it works. Because I left, like, I'm never coming back to North Carolina and came back and I've been here ever since. Well, yeah, and yeah. get to meet people like you, so I don't mind it now. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. But um, so I know you. I'm bringing up icons because one of my biggest icon is the Diana Diana Ross. Like I'm obsessed with her. And <laughs> since you did work with um, Mixedish, you do you do the intro song for that. Did you get the opportunity to meet with her or? No. Um, the Mixedish theme was so random we were in barcelona around this time last year on tour with mariah um and we had like four or five days off and she called me and uh daniel music director oh, okay i'm like and <laughs> yeah mariah carlson uh we went in to the studio and uh knocked that out and like the bulk of the song was done the first night, and then the second night was just some uh, vocal cleanup stuff. But it was a pretty quick process. 
Uh, the collage for the opening, they always have Diana Ross. I'm like, I wonder if she's ever going to make a cameo or, <laughs> you know, like um, with how power changed it up with Joe, which was clearly everybody got really mad at. It's like, I wonder right. if it's Diana Ross version, but I mean, it's already Mariah Carey, but needless to say. Yeah, as far as I know, it's staying the same. So they can cut that check again. Amen. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> that residuals. So for people who may be interested in doing a lot of the things that you did, what are what would you say was the foundation that helped you get to where you are now? Because I'm noticing that you're not saying you applied for a lot of jobs. It was just being in the right places and having the right vibe. And you guys just made relationships that ended up becoming um, yeah. that way. It, it's yeah, I, I say everything that it, every big move in my career has definitely been completely based off of uh relationships mm. like the the talent everybody knows the ability like that you're capable of working at a high level it's how do you get in the room right. and it's completely those relationships with it's crazy it always stems back somehow to hidden beach like that is the epicenter of every big move in my career can all be traced back by like one or two steps. Cause even like the Bruno stuff is I got that because the, the guy that worked in Bruno's camp, they called me Andy. Mm -hmm. I met him when that first year I was at Grammy camp. Oh, wow. So everybody and we were friends from 2007. Okay. I didn't work for Bruno until 2017. And I never called Andy on some, can I get a job? That happened because we were rehearsing for a tour that ended up getting canceled for South America with Mariah. And Bruno and them were in the room across from us, and I could see their cases. And I was like, oh, man, Andy's over there. I haven't seen Andy in a couple years. So I text them, and we met out in the parking lot and just had a conversation. There was, like, there was no intention of I need a job or nothing like that. He was just like, what you been up to? And we were just catching up. and it it happened like it's com all relationships completely relationships that's amazing I, I remember a long time ago a friend of mine told me her husband has never applied for for a job and i was like how is that possible that's real yeah <laughs> and yeah, like, i mean always been like vice president ceos of like AutoZone and different things like that and i was like what yeah yeah i mean you know there were like i had my ups and downs and especially in LA because it's so expensive. So like in between, that was the only time I had to apply. Like I had to figure out the resume game because for the most part, it's referrals and not resumes for us in the entertainment industry. But uh, I had to I had to do a desk job. But my desk job was I did the NAACP awards, and I was the right. It was still like, but I, I literally had to go sit at a desk every day. Okay. and um, cold call record labels and people to try to get them to submit their projects for the awards. Oh. And even in that, yeah. huh? how does that work? Since BET awards are coming up, not that it's the same thing, but I'm just curious now. That yeah, every award show is different. Um, but with, with NAACP, it's, yeah, you have to cold call the company, call, you have to, they purposely hire people in each, category so the literature the film tv music because they're they're hiring you for your cat your uh your connects because right, okay. they want you to be able to call whoever and be like hey over interscope can y'all submit kendrick 
this, this, and this. And the Interscope is going to come back and be like, well, we'll submit two of those, but we also want to submit our new artist. Um, so it's a kind of back and forth thing, but you're, you're getting hired because of who you know or who they think you can get to. But that's how they operate. Grammys operate different. Everything is, everybody does it differently. Well, so now that I, now that I know this about you, when they do the submissions, do they have to pay to be a part of it? Or does BET pay them? Or how does that work? Even? For NAACP, yeah. you have to pay to submit. Sorry. Yeah, you have to pay to submit. And it uh, it goes towards the budget of the show and also goes towards NAACP. Oh, that's uh, you're contributing to the organization. I always wonder, so, you know, like once the secret came out with the Hollywood stars that you actually have to pay to be on the Hollywood stars, it's like, yeah. what else do you have to pay to get? Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot, I mean, it's, it's Hollywood. It's pay to play for a lot of it. True. Now, I'm wondering how things are going to change, even with the, because I'm still on BET Awards because it's Sunday. And I'm just curious mm -hmm. how moving forward, even with the Grammys, with billboards, with all the awards, how they're going to change with everything possibly not being live events. And since you've worked so many live events and even award shows, um, how do you do you have any ideas where how it could work or? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I saw how BT, I saw I have some friends that are involved in it. Okay. So uh BT Awards, it's not going to be a bunch of at-home performances. Let's just say that. It's going to be good. Yeah, just, just, and it's like the 40th anniversary or something. So yeah. they're not going to just go out on some, a bunch of Zoom performances. Like, nah. That's because the delay is an issue. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be good. It'll, like, I mean, a lot of stuff I believe is going to be like pre-recorded, okay. but it'll be performances. It won't be somebody sitting in their living room with a guitar so hey we had um a couple of days ago i had on um ian vaughn and he just happened to have his guitar right next to him and it sounded just as good as if he was on a record not saying oh, i feel you i just don't want to see that for an award show no nah, i get it yeah <laughs> kick it up a level figure out something go outside and play anything i don't want to get it you know at his um home ranch he did a pretty good job with his comedy show. So there's a way. It's just. Uh, yeah. It's get creative. It's going to be different. I know yeah. you have a lot of different things coming up. So I don't want to keep you too long. But there you go. some of the other things I wanted to ask you. Um, let me see if there's any questions. Oh, yeah. It's just the play. But, um, now, for people who are now having to mention, like you mentioned, perform at home or set up their own home studio, do you have any advice on? what kind of equipment they should invest in. And, you know, people are getting these stimulus checks and um, SBA <laughs> loans and so on. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm for LLC right now. So what Get we money. as far as how they could really set up a studio so they could give that kind of performance that people are kind of accustomed to or get accustomed yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, I have, like some studio monitors, laptop, MIDI controller, uh, an Apollo twin, which is no bigger than a, a good size hard drive. And then um, I have a couple different microphones depending on what I'm doing. So uh, 
that like Sweetwater and Guitar Center and all them, they sell packages now for a little small starter kit for an at-home studio. So um, I say invest in yourself and and figure it out. The streaming game, uh, we're all this is new territory, so we're all trying to figure out how to make it uh, cool and how to make people want to come back and keep seeing it. So it's not the same old boring thing. So uh, that get the starter kit and uh, even the like. I have this rolling thing. I think they're using it on um, verses, okay. Swiss and Timberland. But it's it goes straight into my phone. But it's a little box. It's this big. I can plug in a microphone, a guitar, a keyboard, and a bass into this oh, one box. Really? And it goes into oh, it goes into my Android. Oh, it's a different. Or, I hope it works for iPhones too. No, it goes. It, they have a, a a cable for iPhone. They have all of it, um, and it's called a Rolling Go Mixer Pro, and I think it's perfect. And it's studio quality straight into your phone. So if you do do a streaming performance or something, it is direct in. Sounds amazing. Now, what other up upgrades do you suggest with internet as well? Because I know I have issues with, like, I bought a um, Wi-Fi extender, but I'm sure you're getting all these large files with music and so on, and all, the, or having to send large files. What do you, what do you suggest people use even for that? Because some people live, like, my father lives in, um, like, Stucco House, so like. I have to call him on his landline to be able to hear right. him. So it's like, I don't even want to imagine what it's like for some of his Zoom calls and what kind of upgrades we could even use on that matter. Yeah, I so I ended up just uh, getting a 100-foot Ethernet cable and coming out of my router directly. And um, so I bought a connector for my Android so I can go Ethernet in. Okay. I bought a connector for my... Uh, iPad so I can go Ethernet in and uh, I'm on my MacBook Air right now and I can go I got a connector for that so I can go hardwired in so I'll get the strongest signal possible uh, for any any of my sources that I want to stream download whatever yeah oh, see, good stuff it's gonna be a limbo thing at my house because I'm upstairs and my router's downstairs and I had them come out to tell me how I could possibly move my router up here or modem excuse me up here and they're like if you do that then all your family's gonna be mad at you when they try to netflix and uh, you know, like, oh. yeah so i'll just have to do that for an hour have a big old cord do what you gotta do Information. i didn't even think of doing that that's great um okay. so the real moments i'm just seeing if there's any questions before i'm gonna keep going in my direction um now with being on tour and working like what are some of the things that you learn from being on tour with like you're traveling you're doing all these things are there any tricks that you learned from like being because that's a quick industry too with working at concert events and different things and you're pretty much managing it what are some of the things in case somebody wants to do that as well what would you suggest um it's tough it looks fun on the surface uh, because we do get paid to travel and look at the world, but it's rough, man, because it's when you have back-to-back -back shows or back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back shows in different countries. So, <laughs> like, especially Europe, um, they have double-decker buses, and I'm six foot seven, so I can't fit 
on the but I can't stand upright. Like I have to literally if I do that, I drag my head across the ceiling of the bus. None of the bunks are long enough. Uh so I sleep on the couch in the lounge. Uh it's rough. It's it's a tough job, but there's a lot of opportunity, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of departments to work in. You can do lighting, you can do video, you can do carpentry, uh, pyro, lasers. Um, and then you get into the audio and the talent on the stage. But it's so many jobs. Like the Bruno thing, I want to say we traveled with like 70 crew members or something crazy. And it's, yeah, it's 70 crew members. And then when we get to whatever city, we have local stagehands, so my department will have five or six extra people along with the five or six that are here. So then it spreads out to the hundreds to help put this big stage together, roll it into place, and have that thing ready to go by uh, sound check at three o'clock. Yeah, but there's a lot of different jobs, like. You know, people only think to see what's on stage, but you got to look at every aspect of that stage and be like, somebody put this together. Somebody designed it. Uh, somebody knows how every piece of this stage works. Um, and I remember off camera, we were talking and you were telling me that the orchestra never plays live and you could get a job just miming if you know some of the chords and it's a good pay for that. So you don't even yeah. know how to play music that well. Yeah. <laughs> work award shows which is really cool you can get up there yeah and uh and get a good check get that sag after check for being on camera ah see i went the hard route i actually had to act for it <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're acting like they're playing real hard um Smaller pile <laughs> than ever okay um but speaking of award shows you won a grammy award how did it feel when that moment happened yeah um, i'll tell you that was the craziest day. Um, so Usher won like best R&B album, I think. Um, so I was like, oh my God, we won. And just to show you like the ups and downs of life in the music industry, Usher won. And it's like, oh my God, we won a Grammy. And the next day I got an eviction notice. Like it is, because you got to think that Usher album came out if the show was in February, that album came out at some point last year. So it's not like I'm making money off of it. And I was an engineer on there. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I was still making millions of dollars off of it. Like, nah, I got paid, yeah. work for hire as an engineer. Oh, like, that money been spent. Yeah. So it's, it's great to see like, you know, oh my God, this is great. But at the same time, that next day woke up. That thing was on the door. I was like high as high and low as low in 24 hours. No Crazy. Kidding. Yeah. So I feel yeah. Like there's a lesson there as far as making sure you kind of bank up for those days when it's when you're not working for a while. Like we are now yeah. I guess, with coronavirus and so on. So many people are out of work. Do you have any tips for that? Because I'm sure you learned from that one. Um, this is this is the point where it you need to have multiple streams of income. And this is why, like, that was my thing. Even when I was touring, I was always letting people know, like, I'm still making records. I'm still mixing records. I'm still recording, still producing. Don't think because I'm on tour that I won't do it. I travel 
with a Pro Tools rig on tour. So all you got to do is send me some files. Like, I'm ready. And that has paid off now because uh, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not going in these streets. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about me wearing a mask. I'm home. Send me this work. Like, I'm catching Dropbox folders of sessions and mixing songs and people need songs. I can do it all here and I'm and I don't have to leave. And it showed like the multiple streams of income. If I was dependent a hundred percent on tour, I would be stuck right now. Right. Like I wouldn't know what to do. But luckily I did work in a studio for ten years before even going on tour. So And not just in I, the studio, you were working with the top of the top and learned from the best. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got the Yale version of music school. That's what yeah, I say like I went to college. And I got my bachelor's and I got my master's when I worked at flight time. Like that was the. That's dope. Um, I know you have to go. What can you tell us anything that you have coming up? Because, you know, we're always excited to get anything new because we're starting to run out of Netflix. And (laughs) we're all listening to the DJs on the weekends. But is there any new songs that may be dropping soon or that you're working on or artists that you can share with us that we need to keep an eye out for? Yeah, um, so we got Avery Sunshine. Um, she's like uh, urban AC, like adult contemporary, like Jill Scott type vibe. Um, so mixing her album, and me and my boy Daniel got a couple songs on there as well. Um, she's amazing. Her husband Dana is amazing. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that, y'all being able to hear that. Um, we're a couple songs in. Um, and then my other artist I'm working with, uh, his name is Love Logic. We got like two songs out now uh, called Urgent and it's going to kill me. Are you up? Like the text that you send the girl at 3 a.m. Are you up? I don't know about that. You know, you live your <laughs> life. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, got, we got those two songs out and I'm finishing up. Uh, I produced the whole album. He wrote the whole album. Um, we're going to put it out shortly. It's been taking forever to get it done, but we got number of time, no excuses now. So, uh, I was going to say real fast in case, cause I get these in my mailbox all the time in my DMS and I know you're probably the better one to send it new artists. How do they reach out to you to get, maybe find out a way to collaborate with you? What would be the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, my Instagram, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, six, seven music. That's the best way to catch me. Yep. And don't be whack. (laughs) Don't send me some whack music. That's how you mess up somebody's quarantine days. You send them some trash. Or my thing is at least say, hey, by the way, will you listen to this? And I'm like, click on links you send in my DM. Sometimes I do. I'll look at their page and they're like, oh, maybe it's good. Nah, it's trash. Why are you sending this to anybody? Don't. All right. Don't. Well, I know you have to go, but thank you so much for being my guest. And it's so exciting. And hopefully some of the Raleigh locals or anywhere that's watching will hit you up. And I'll be like, see, Camille made it happen. <laughs> I hope so. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all about relationships, you said. I don't have to apply. No, Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks yeah. again. Oh, and so, um, some people are saying hello. Kenton Jones. Um, Perry Williams ah. Jr., uh, Angela Ray, yeah. Paul Gatewood. I just wanted to make sure I shout them. Um, beautiful people. Yeah. So, 
month. Have a good rest of your day. And I can't wait to see the BET Awards now that you gave us that little hint. Yes, y'all enjoy it. I can't wait to see it, too. It's going to be good. I already got my DVR set. So now I have it on CBS and BET just in case there's a difference or delay. I got it covered. That's right. Yep. This is the first time CBS is holding it. So, again, thank you again for being my guest. All right. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right. I'll have a good rest of your night. All right. You too. That was so much fun, so much great information. So I know everybody's going to be hitting up Guitar Center. So give me time to hit up Guitar Center too before you guys buy out everything. Just kidding. Uh, well, again, thanks again for being for watching the show with me today and my wonderful guest Traymon Williams. He was amazing. So much great information for all of us to use. Whether you're doing a podcast or a voiceover work or singing, whatever it may be, a lot of that information he gave would be great. Or even just doing webinars for work. Um, and tomorrow, like I mentioned during the interview, I'll have Ivan Hampton Jr., who worked with um, Luther Vandross for decades. He He's a drummer. He's a producer. He's an engineer. He's worked with Beyonce. He's worked with um, Chaka Khan, Jane, like just pretty much anyone you've ever wanted to listen to or maybe your parents listened to. He's worked with them. And so I'm very excited about having him on because he also has a school. So there's that also that possibility if you're interested in learning a new instrument or voice or songwriting, he might be the guy to hit up because he's doing online classes. But anyway, thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Camille Cower. Make sure you follow me on at the real Camille Cower on Instagram, of course, here on Facebook. And if you happen to miss a show, I, I post it also to my YouTube channel. Just look for Camille Cower and I'm trying to think what else, what other, or you can hit up my website, CamilleCower.com and see some of my past interviews and find out more about me. Thanks again for being my guest and I hope you have a great day and I'll see you again tomorrow.